Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to talk to you today about another movie I don't even know necessarily where to start. Let me start with the title. Um, as you've seen with the podcast cover for this particular episode, uh, and title of it and everything, this has to do with the new Marvel Studios film, The Marvels. This one starts with a couple of points I want to make for those out there people pundits fans non-fans superhero fatigue is a thing it was interesting for me to hear a comparison made between two different franchises. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, and James Bond. Obviously, both fictional, but they're intellectual properties that their respective studios count on to make some decent money for them. Marvel Studios has made 33 movies since 2008. In the last 15 years, 33 MCU films have come out, let alone the direct-to-Disney Plus stuff that they made. James Bond, on the other hand, since 1964, 62, I want to believe, have made a total of 25 films in the last 59 years. You know, in the last 50 plus years, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you oversaturate a market enough in a short period of time, people are going to grow tired of it, especially um, with the play that was made by then Disney CEO, uh, Bob Chapek, where he wanted more projects coming out more often throughout the year, uh, which wasn't necessarily the guideline and plan that previous CEO and head of Disney Bob Iger had where he only had about two or three movies coming out a year and or one or two shows coming out a year at one point I think we had nine MCU projects out just last year and let alone this year with the movies, two of which have been forgettable at best. 
of that being. Wait, was Thor this year too? Yeah, man. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and now the Marvels. Um, you would think, at least that's what the consensus is across the internets and movie punditry sites and everything else in between, that these films were forgettable. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 3, was great. So that doesn't count. And then, I haven't even sniffed any of the shows this year, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, I know that Miss Marvel, the show, was very well received, but it wasn't really watched by many people. And then the other MCU shows that I can remember from this year, I think Moon Knight was this year. This this year has been quite the blur for me. I like Moon Knight. Majority of people didn't. So that was a forgettable one for most. And She-Hulk didn't land as well. So that was forgettable. So there's a trend here, folks stuff is forgettable not that it was awful because some people liked it some people didn't so it's wavering right it's it's a 50-50 split by majority right it's midway down the track right this is the first movie that's landing with a review of mine with mid this movie is ma 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 mid I'm gonna tell you why the Marvels is supposed to be a sequel to the Captain Marvel movie but then as I thought about it and I was like if this was a Captain Marvel sequel we would have this as a prop as a proper Captain Marvel sequel much like Captain America had sequels, much like Doctor Strange had sequels, much like Black Panther had a sequel. This is the Marvels. So this is not a proper Captain Marvel sequel. The movie reads within its own synopsis as follows. Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, who is played by the terrific Brie Larson, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. When her duties send her to an anonymous wormhole, linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now Saber astronaut, Captain Monica Rambeau. Together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work in concert to save the universe as the Marvels.
also Miss Marvel, played by Amon Vellani, uh, and Monica Rambeau, played by Tiana Paris. Um, this is going to come off wrong, but I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. Um, no disrespect to any women of any other shape and size. But to me, from what I've witnessed, what I've seen, and I've seen a lot of Marvel projects, Tiana Paris is the first, if I, if I say this, um, full-figured woman of color to play a character in a Marvel property. The reason I said why I say that and why that's important is because there needs to be representation all across the board. Some of y'all might say, yo man, what you talking about? Didn't you watch the Black Panther films? Look at those women. Those beautiful black women. They all fit as fuck. <laughs> Ain't none of them full figured. They out here kicking ass. Probably got eight packs and shit. You know what I'm saying? So to see the other divine woman femininities being included in the Marvel Universe was a beautiful thing. Um, so I'll say that. I might not see Lupita Nyong'o uh, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o in that site, but she comes to mind as well. But Tiana, like, yeah. And then uh, Mama Rambo, um, who is also in this movie. Um, she made a cameo at the end, remember? None of my stuff is spoiler-free here, folks. You know, Mama Rambo, she is of uh, the same full-figured ilk. Which needs to be represented. Um, like I said, no disrespect. It's all respect, you know. Um, but I wanted to mention that because you get kind of like bogged down with the same kind of featured, from a physical standpoint, um, people in general. You need the diversity in body composition, colors, races, and everything else in between. I brought this up because obviously y'all y'all can understand I have a preference. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is in that regard. But I brought her up specifically because she's a character that was introduced to us in a Marvel Disney Plus series. Monica Rambeau was. So is Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. And this is one of the reasons as to why the movie's mid. You have to do too much homework at this point to keep up with the movie, to keep up with the films. There's too much going on. And people don't want to have to do that much homework before going into a movie 
to understand and or enjoy said movie. That's misfire number one. Misfire number two. The storyline and or lack thereof. Swiss cheese. So many plot holes. And at times, while I was sitting at the theater, shouts to uh, my boys Paul and Rob for finally uh, reconvening and getting back to uh, group movie watching. Um, (laughs) There are parts of the movie that I felt were missing. While I was watching the movie, we were speeding through so much. The runtime is an hour and 45. Hour, one hour, 45 minutes long. Shortest MCU movie to date. And understanding that, I just would have figured, okay, it's the shortest movie. They don't have too much plot or storyline to go through. But we'll hit the necessary points to get to the end we didn't hit the necessary points we ran through them Uh, the movie felt rushed Um, we didn't get to breathe with any of the emotional tie-ins between Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau they briefly brought it up and then we had to go straight into another action scene or jumping into another planet or whatever have you. Um, We also had to deal with the reality of um, reliving some of Monica's grief, losing her mother, losing her aunt Carol for for a bit, her being blipped for the five-year period. They glanced over that. Then they rushed to something else. Brie Larson even dealing with Maria Rambo's death. Um, that was glanced over. Um, her guilt towards how she basically upended the planet of Hala, which is why we have the villain that we have in this movie. A lot of stuff was glanced over briefly touched on and then rushed on to the next thing the next misfire was when the movie took me out of the movie which is when we went from battling on earth in New Jersey and in space to then going to a water based planet where everything had to be done in song. Some people might say, oh, this was done for laughs. You know, it was supposed to be a lighthearted comedic moment in the movie. And I could understand the sense of that. But it took me out of the movie because it felt like a completely different movie. Like, even Brie Larson's characterization of herself on this planet was much different than what it was 
when they were on Earth and in space simply. Like everything having to be in song, the bright colors, and everything else in between. It was just... I didn't even know what to think at that point. It just took me out of it. So that's another misfire for me. But you're saying to yourselves, John L., you said it was mid. You sound like you didn't like this movie. On the contrary, folks. I was very entertained by this movie. This movie was very fun. Um, it was lighthearted. It got uh, Brie Larson to show a more lighter side to her character. Um, I read other reviews that said that this characterization of Captain Marvel that Brie Larson did was more akin to uh, Carol Danvers in the comics. So that's a plus. Um, the action scenes were great. The effects were done very well. Uh, the audio mixing and engineering and um, audio design was done very well as, as well. Um, I thought that Amal Vellani, the ladies, all three ladies, did great with what, what they were given. But Amal Vellani stood out the most. Uh, she basically carried that movie from beginning to end. She's very charming. She's very likable. Um, all three ladies are, but like I said, she stood out the most. Uh, and so did um, so did her family as well. They they brought a lot of the uh, comic relief uh, into the movie, and still a certain sense of uh, care and uh, seriousness to the movie as well. So, you know, those likable parts of the movie. They can't be dismissed. You know, it was a fun movie. I was entertained by the movie. At the end of the day, that's what movies are. They're entertainment. So the movie didn't fail to entertain me. But at the end of the day, it still had some misfires in it. So is this a movie that I would recommend for people to see? It's not for everybody. You know, Ryan Tomatoes has it where uh, the critic score at 275 reviews currently is at 62%. And with 1,000 plus verified ratings, the audience score is at an 85. So the audience is liking it more than the critics are, which makes sense because it is an entertaining movie. Um, and critics, a lot of the times, are looking for this minutia in movies that they shouldn't be, but that's another conversation for another time. Um, especially the kind or genre of movie that it is. So, not to say that we haven't gotten better um, comic book fare over the years, because we have, but this isn't the worst of it. By far. This is not the worst of it. If you want to call it the worst of the MCU movies... I always have arguments for other stuff. Like, did you watch Iron Man 2? I don't give a crap what anybody has to say. Thor Ragnarok and Love and Thunder fall below the Marvels to me. Um, so does uh, the Scarlet Witch movie. Not Scarlet Witch, I'm sorry. Uh, Scarlet, Scarlet Johansson's movie. Uh, 
Black Widow. The Black Widow movie falls below below this one. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So this, to me, this isn't the lowest of the Marvel fare. Is it in the bottom third of it? Probably. But it's not the worst of it all. At the end of the day. So, um, not for everybody. It's mid for me because I had a lot of fun with it. But I did see the holes in the movie. Um, you got a lot of laughs. Cool action and sci-fi stuff. Um, the end credit scene and the mid credit scene um, are setting up two completely different things in the future of the MCU um, looking forward to both honestly to see as to where they go uh, the first the end credit scene it uh, it basically had Iman Vellani play the role of Nick Fury at the end of the Iron Man movie when he was uh, talking to Robert Downey Jr. about the Avengers uh, project, and Amon Vellani uh, runs into young, um, the younger version of Hawkeye, uh, the mantle being passed down to the young lady. Uh, I only know the actress's name is Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> I forget what her name is uh, in the Hawkeye series. Uh, but she's being recruited to be a part of the Young Avengers. We don't necessarily know what younger heroes are going to be a part of the Young Avengers. But we have been introduced to a lot of these characters uh, in, the, in, the, in the process through the Disney Plus shows. And other movies. So, um, young Captain America, we were introduced to him in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We were introduced to Wicked and Speed in WandaVision. Uh, we were introduced to one of the Hulk's sons uh, in She-Hulk. And obviously we have the younger Hawkeye, and now Miss Marvel. So we've got some younger heroes there. Uh, we'll see what comes of it later on. Then the mid credit scene, um, Monica Rambeau, by the end of the movie, she had to use her light powers to close this, um, this gap, this, this tear in the fabric of time and space, which is basically the equivalent to an incursion. If you've watched enough of the MCU movies uh, during the multiverse saga, you understand that the incursions are when different universes are basically colliding. This, ta this tear in the fabric of time and space is basically the equivalent of an incursion. So Monica had to close it using her light-based powers uh, with the help of Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel imbuing her with more of their light powers and then Monica did the rest. She closed that tear in that specific part of time and space and she had to close the tear behind uh, the proverbial wall 
of that universe and not her own. When she wakes up in the mid credit scene, she wakes up in another universe where she eventually wakes up uh, to the physical manifestation of Maria Rambo, her mother. But in this universe, Maria Rambo doesn't have any kids. Um, she is a superhero who belongs to uh, the X-Men. You see the big solid X door behind her when she reveals herself in her new uh, superhero costume uniform, which belongs to a alternate version of Captain Marvel called Binary, which was created in the comics within the last four or five years. And we also see a a blue being uh, Kelsey Grammer's beast uh, scientist basically overseeing this um, this time space traveler that is Monica Rambo uh, in this universe. So now Monica is trapped in this other universe, in this alternate universe where the Fox X-Men of the older movies, not the newer movies with the younger generation, but the older generations, um, where they reside. And I don't necessarily know if it's that generation proper, um, just because we don't know where the MCU is necessarily going with it. But we saw that in post-credits, so two different storylines going in two different directions in two different universes. So I think they'll get tied up uh, by the end of the multiverse saga, which will be uh, Avengers Secret Wars. So I think that we will be seeing all of these heroes that were seen in this movie by that movie. And we're still another four years away from those movies. So there you have it, folks. In a nutshell, it was a fat, it was a fun, comical, uh, bright, and bombastic movie. But yet, it did have its issues with editing, uh, plot holes, uh, lack of storyline continuity, um, another forgettable villain. Even though, like I said, the actress did all that she could to make that villain stick out. But there were no consequences in this movie yet again. So, there's that of it. So, all I have to say is... Even as a fan of comic books growing up to this day, I still buy comic book related um, media, be it video games, comic books, graphic novels, pops, you name it. I'm a collector of stuff. Um, but the movies haven't been great the last what is it now? 
two and a half years since we've come back full time. So they're taking some time off. The only direct MCU film that'll be coming out in 2024 will be Deadpool 3. All of the other movies that were on the slate for 2024 have been pushed back to 2025 and beyond. So we're going to get a break there, folks. We're still going to have other types of cinema to look forward to in the near future. So as always, folks, thank you for listening to my musings. Follow me on the social medias, John L. YFNMG, on Instagram, Twitter X, Threads, TikTok, Facebook. Please follow and leave positive reviews on your favorite podcast platform, be it Spotify, Apple, Pandora, Stitcher, Google, Audible, you name it, I'm on it. So, leave some nice reviews, comment on the socials so we can have these conversations about these movies. I'll be doing my best to post more content so that we can create these conversations that I want to create. So look out for that, folks. And thank you, as always, for uh, for rocking with me. You know, because at the end of the day, without the YFNMG global community, I ain't much. It might be smaller now couple hundred folks but we grown and that's the point to get to to continue to grow the listenership the fan base and continue to put out that content that you guys appreciate let me get up on here folks it's late for me but it's probably early for you somewhere around the world <laughs> until next time be well and take care of yourselves folks peace